0: That that, that 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 that
1: that that Hotep Jesus dude. That that Hotep Jesus dude. Hotep, oh, you're a genius. HotepJesus.com. Hotep oh, Jesus. Hotep oh, 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 Jesus. Hotep oh, Hotep Hotep Jesus. Hotep oh, 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 Jesus. Hotep 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 Jesus. Hotel Jesus, Hotel Jesus, Hotel 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 Jesus. Oh, this a real Hotel Brother. Hotel Jesus. Oh, this a real Hotel Brother. Hotel Jesus. Oh, this a real Hotel Brother. Oh, this a real Hotel Brother. Oh, this a real Oh, this a real this a real Hotel Brother. Hotel Jesus. Oh, this a real Hotel Brother. Hotel Jesus. Oh, this a real Hotel Brother. Hotel, you're a genius. HotelJesus.com. Oh, this a real Hotel Brother. Hotel Jesus. Oh, this a real Hotel Brother. Hotel Jesus. Oh, this a real Hotel Brother.
0: Something wrong with me. There's something really wrong with me. I'm a psycho. I'll be telling people yo I'm a little bit crazy. Yo, life is funny. i y'all listen. The grift bag is ugly today. Tanar took a look, he look at he took a peep at the bag. He was like, oh damn, this will be going. Man. <laughs> <laughs> this, this,
1: this wow wild. Wild. wild, bro. Wow.
0: It's a it's a wild grift bag. I want to I stay in the heart and the vein of black America. And the only way to do that is to talk about the one subject that unites us all. Slavery.
1: Hotep, you're a genius. That's
0: the first story we're going to go to. We're going to talk about that Juneteenth. We're going to talk about people co-opting Juneteenth. The grip bag is ugly today. Y'all yeah, know Tanai, Dr. Tanai Riggs. Peter McCullough's coming on later. Peter McCullough's coming on later. He's gonna be here. Don't worry. Everybody relax. Kick your feet up. Get your plants and chips and all of that. Natasha Kayleen. I gotta send, I gotta send Natasha Kaileen. I was gonna do a live on stream, but I'm way too high to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor what up what up what up um i will syscoin uh, uh, the thing is i got to send her a test transaction and i forgot to send her a test transaction i got to send you a test transaction just to make sure the wallet sync up and the wallet sync up doing we, did we give g but we giving away syscoin y'all didn't know what time it is hold on let me show it to him Where-
1: oh Jeff, you're a genius oh, com. um
0: all right, tonight let's get to.
1: <laughs> we get this in uh, the ugly, 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 ugly green bag today,
0: bro. Yeah, let's. Oh, I see what happened. I put this share screen above it. Uh, okay, that's why I couldn't find it. All right. All right, let's pull it up. So, Juneteenth is a celebration. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tonight, Juneteenth is a celebration of. The fraying of slaves in, I believe, some part of Texas, and the word got to them late. So everybody, like, by the time uh, slavery was abolished federally, these people were still enslaved. And word got to them late. Is that the story you understand?
1: Oh, from what I understand, yeah, you actually had some people that were in, or some, some slaves that were in um, Texas that ended up going to Mexico, too. So some of the Juneteenth celebrations actually extended into Mexico because you had some black Seminoles um, that fought in the war that also, you know, they got word of the Emancipation Proclamation laid. So, you know, they went and settled in the lower parts of Mexico versus coming back up until the 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 colonial United States that we think about now. So a lot of those celebrations actually extended to Mexico, too, which is something
0: a lot of people don't know. Mm, the Mexitos. The Mexitos people. All right, we're going to go to that clip, the Juneteenth one. Pull it up. Pull it up. And mute your mic. And then we're going to play it back. I'm going to count down. We're going to play it back on my countdown. Let me know when you're ready. So oh, you want me to hold up? No, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to play it at the same time. I need I need your live reaction. Yeah, you, know what I mean? you see what I'm talking
1: about? Cool.
0: Go we All right, it. Are
1: you
0: ready?
1: Three. One. All weekend, the celebrations have been going on around the city. What well, installs Jordan Cassane is in Prospect Park where Brooklyn-based organization right, Being is hosting a double win of Juneteenth and Caribbean American Heritage Month Yeah, Caribbean
2: business owners, artists, musicians, and so much more are joining right here at the Prospect Park Boathouse to celebrate their heritage and Juneteenth. It's a cultural celebration for Brooklynites of all ages. I Am Caribbean in collaboration with the Prospect Park Alliance have come together for today's Juneteenth and One Love Little Caribbean Day right here in our backyard. We're told that each artist, dancer, musician, and vendor participating in the day's celebration come from Caribbean roots, like Jamaica, Trinidad, and elsewhere. Nearly 1,000 New Yorkers came out to hit the dance floor, enjoy traditional Caribbean food and drinks today, and shop all sorts of products created by Caribbean American vendors. Our crews caught up with the organizer of today's celebration to chat all things the intersection between Caribbean heritage and this Juneteenth holiday. It's really about creating that space where we can bring our piece of um, blackness, of being Caribbean, um, while sort of overlaying that on, on Juneteenth. So it's really about creating that space where we can bring our piece of um, blackness, of being Caribbean. Um, while sort of overlaying that on on Juneteenth. So, and that's a very specific and unique experience. Being Black is not one thing, it's not a monolith. And so today we're celebrating Afro-Caribbean culture, but not only Afro-Caribbean, because I'm half Indo-Caribbean, so Indo-Caribbean culture, just just Caribbean culture, heritage, um, Brooklyn, teens, everything, we love it here. And I Am Caribbean is hosting events all month long in honor of Caribbean American Heritage Month. You can head to our website at news12.com for more. In Prospect Park, Jordan Kassane, News 12.
0: See this last
1: message <sighs> up <laughs> Listen, man. Listen, 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 listen. It's a lot to unpack here. I'm, I'm not, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at you know wanting to, to do the whole pan African. Okay, I get that, I get that. But bro, y'all literally y'all were not shooting with us in the gym, fam. Like, I'm sorry, this ain't got nothing to do. With the Caribbean, all this has everything to do with the Civil War. We're like, 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 what, like, what are we talking about? Like, this, this has nothing to do with like what was going on in the Caribbean, man. like, y'all went over here helping us, like, getting people, get, get the, the slave masters and the slave owners to pop us? What are you talking about? Like, so, so y'all want to come in and talk about? oh, we want to overlay our Caribbean heritage over what's going on. No, it's like we want going to go over here and co-op some stuff. No, this has nothing to do with you. Now if you want to come in and say, hey, you know, we rock with you because we, we've experienced this on other levels too. they like, yeah, that's cool. But then y'all trying to come in and put extras on it. No, bro. <sighs> it's, everybody wants attention for shit that they don't do. And it's just like, bro, like, what are we talking about? Like, y'all had nothing to do with this. Why do y'all want attention for it? Like, this, this doesn't, Juneteenth has nothing to do with anybody in the Caribbean, it has everything to do with what happened in America, like, why, why do you want to attach yourself to this struggle so bad, like, this, this is, this is the oppression Olympics all over again, except, y'all wait until, y'all wait until we got to the finish line and say, yeah, we're going to come in and join, no, no, that's not, that's not how that works, that's not how that works, that's how it works. Hey, yo, all my Caribbean
0: people out there, we out colonizing Juneteenth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, Tim, you're a genius. Oh,
0: Tim, Jesus. It's com. our shit now tonight. We, we taking that shit over. I guess that's the message here. Yeah, we taking yes, that. I over. guess.
1: I guess that can serving with y'all on some other shit during Juneteenth now, dog. Like, I don't I don't know what's going on. So, that's crazy. That's real crazy.
0: So, so where, where do we go here as a as a people? Where do we go from here? What What does this mean?
1: This last screen...
0: This last screen here says, this is why it's time to separate.
1: Look, again, I'm not mad. What
0: does that mean tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Look,
1: look, again, I'm not mad at the whole concept of pan Africanism and, you know, blacks globally trying to get together. But the problem is when we get together, we can't agree on shit. So that's that's the major problem. So it's like now you want to come in and put all your stuff on top of what's going on then, at some point it's gonna dilute the whole reason why Juneteenth was started in the first place. And again, now this goes to, um, it was something that we talked about before we came on and we talked about Black Lives Matter. Now Black Lives Matter started off as something that was specifically talking about the black community and harms done to the black community through various forms of government, um, government organizations, where you talk about police, whatever, whatever. But now you got all the LGBTQ stuff up under it, and so now it's pretty much usurped everything that BLM stands for. So it's like now when you talk about BLM, you talk about it as an LGBTQ organization, you don't talk about it as a black organization. This is the same thing. This is literally the same thing. Now you got somebody else from another group. Another struggle, another history, trying to come in and latch on to the energy of black of black Americans and things that we did while we were here, and trying to put their stuff on top of it. It's like, bro, black folks got to stop going for that. Like, you gotta, you can, you can celebrate each other, while also recognizing that we have a different history, and there are points where it converges, but it's not yours, and it's okay with it not being yours. Let us, let us have what we have. We don't go to the Caribbean. Right, we taking Bob Marley back. That, that's cool. Take them. That's cool. Damn. That's fine. That's fine.
0: We don't want to hear no references about marijuana towards the Marley family. That's cool. That's cool. We
1: can celebrate Bob Marley is, and still recognize that he is a Caribbean black. There's nothing wrong with that. We need those lines of demarcation. We need those. <laughs> this says this. It says this is why it's time to separate. What does that mean, to not separate? Separate from what? I don't know what you're talking about separating from, but you know, this is the, I don't get into the whole NBA 8 you know, i just like, whatever, man. Like, I, I, because there's, there's so much grip going on in there, man. Like, I just, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, at the end of the day, when I go out, I see a Black person, I just salute them for who they are. I'm not looking at cultural differences or anything like, that. you Black, we Black, whatever, whatever. But I'm also not going to sit here and say, that things that happen in the Caribbean are specifically a part of my history because they're not. Like, I don't live in the Caribbean. I didn't come from the Caribbean. I was born here. So like, I'm not going to sit here and corrupt Caribbean customs. That's they that stuff. But I, I recognize them for who they are and recognize them as family when I see them. But, like, you know, all the separation stuff, man, when it comes to, you know, get and benefits, I think that's what people talk about at most for. And that's just like, bro, like, we just, again, we can't never agree on anything. We can't, you know, we can never get on, on the right page for the things that matter. Because at the end of the day, when we talk about these small things, it really don't matter.
0: Did, did, did I, um? did you hear my proposal to the black community? What was your proposal? The verses need to be our elections. <laughs>
1: More people show up for. More people would definitely show up for. And more people would definitely vote for. Because we kill each other
0: over voting for, you know, Biden to Trump. We kill each other over that shit. Lose family members and friendships and all of that for them. Nah, fuck that. We're gonna have our own uh NASA election.
1: You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Hey, well, at
0: least everybody can sing and dance. You know that's that's what that's what we come from with when they come down and talk about serious shit. So here we go. We gonna nominate. Everybody gonna nominate on the internet. You know it's gonna be Jay Z and Nas for president. You know, Timbo and Swiss Beats for vice president. You know? Yeah, bad Timbo because the beats gotta be on point. Oh man. <laughs> like let's just let's just put it put it down like. I don't even want to hear no more because we already know the, the culture the culture run everything. So you might as well put them in the presidential spots. Instead of it just being unsaid, nah, let's let's put this shit down on paper so we know who the fuck to hold accountable for what's going and you on know, with us. you know the
1: weird thing about that too is, is that like people get upset when the politicians come to entertainers or an to ask them about political questions. They'd be like, oh, why are they asking us? Because this is where y'all hang out. Like, these are the people that you deify. These are the people that you glorify. So yeah, they're gonna go talk to them. Y'all don't glorify the scientists. Y'all don't glorify the engineers. Y'all don't glorify the computer scientists. Y'all don't glorify the nerds, the doctors in your community, the actual smart people. And that's not to take away anything from entertainment. But the entertainment class, should not be the class that speaks up for the majority of your people because they don't make up the majority of your people and they're also not going to be involved in the crucial decisions that need to be made they're there to entertain they're not there to think so why would you put the people that are not there to think out in front of your community and then black people get mad when that gets pointed out but it's just like oh you do it to yourself look at what you consume every day like you they're they're going where the data says (laughs) like you make it seem like this just came out of nowhere. Like, right? no, they're going exactly where the data says y'all gather because they want to make sure their voice is heard. They know y'all gather around entertainment. So that's where they're going to
0: go. Exactly. Exactly. So that's where I need to go. You know, I'm just, I'm de- if, if we're going to, if we know these are our, our our gods, what you, what's the term you use? Deify? Deify, yep. If these are our deities, then fuck it. Let's put this shit down on fucking paper and have our own fucking elections. And let's argue over that shit. You know what I mean? Let's have our own government. Let's have our own politics. That don't include nobody else. That's the only difference. We don't have our own internal politics. You ever see see the motherfucking Indians when they come over here and shit? They be coming over here. They be having their own motherfucking festivals and shit like that. They be having a, you know, um, they don't do co-ed. What's it it called when you don't do co-ed and shit? You split everybody up?
1: yeah i don't remember what the the terminology for it is but yeah no, they have everybody split up man so. you know what i'm saying but. and then the, the the
0: fellas be over here and they be having hierarchies like you know you got like 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 karate you know karate you got the black belts and the yellow belts but it be by outfits you know what i mean the mm-hmm. niggas that's got on it's only like three niggas that got on black you like all right them the motherfuckers right there you know what i mean yeah. yeah. everybody yeah. kind of coordinate and communicate they got a a lot of good organization and structure to how they move, black people ain't got no organization structure. That's why, that's it's why I be telling people if shit go down, you gotta go to Farrakhan. He don't even want with infrastructure and structure.
1: Yep, Yeah, It's a free for all in the black community, man. No structure, no morals, no code, no nothing. And that's why everybody can come in. That's that's exactly why every single group outside of black people can come into black communities take black energy to to power whatever they want and then leave with no repercussion. You can't do that in other communities. You can't use Asian Americans. You can't use white Americans. You can't use other ethnic whites like Russians and things like that. You can't go in their communities and use them for something and leave and not pay back something. Like, you can't do that. Even, though, even a, real, the real, the the people who might in the brother you can't do, you definitely can't do that to them. Like you can't go in other communities and take their energy and get nothing in return for it. But the black community, all we want is some shine. All we want is to, is to be recognized by somebody. We want to be in front of a camera. That's it. We don't demand. <laughs> we don't demand nothing else. We don't demand anything else. Oh, this is a real hotel brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh this a real hotel brother
0: yo all right let's go back in the grip bag i think we didn't beat that topic the fuck up i don't even want no more of that topic it, i'm i'm just a little scared at what i saw on my screen you know it said it's time to separate and i'm looking at that like separate from what go where and do what
1: this yeah, man, man. that stuff sounds good in theory, but nobody has a plan. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's back to the same old same old.
0: You better link up with some Jamaican niggas. You might need you might need a little opportunity, a little access. I'm I'm Pan African. All you niggas is niggas. <laughs> 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 I'm Pan niggerdom okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pan nigger them. All you niggers is niggas. And you need to stop acting like niggers. Hotep, you're a genius. HotepJesus.com. You know what I'm saying? That's my religion. Sit, I tell y'all motherfucker, sit y'all asses down somewhere. I, I think we need a good, good communism. We need some good communism. I lock all y'all black asses up like. Sit- <laughs>
1: Right, Google. <laughs> <laughs> taste of it. They keep, hey, the going. They finna get it. get a real taste of it. So, hey. All right. So more in the
0: Diaspora Rewards Lane, right? Let's pull this up. Let's go right here. Can Africans say the word nigger? I hate that word. Yeah. Can Africans? Say the word, nigga. I hate that word,
1: but... <laughs> this, ooh, you man, right? I ain't gonna lie. This one, ooh. <laughs> don't play you don't play the clip. You don't play the clip. This one, this, ooh, man. he was, he was kind of cooking a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm gonna beat my butt. All right, three, two, one. Have I used it with the A sound before? Yeah, with my close friends. Can I? I-, I- I, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like what Africans say. I'm sorry, what? I don't like what Africans say the N word. With the, just any any type of way. We're different. I do hear you and understand you, right? Every African, I promise you, every African dad says the N word. I tell them, do your parents say it? And they all be like, hell no. And I'm like, so why do you? Never. My parents said. My grandparents said. their grandparents said none of no african parents grandparents yeah i will guy. say my new yeah so we gotta work hard to get rid of it's like y'all picking it up because it sounds fun i hate that word but have i used it with the
0: mm. Mm.
1: tonight <laughs> dr <And>, uh, listen <laughs> Listen. He he was he was. Hey, I see the, I see the pride emotions in the chat. But listen, listen. <laughs> so.
0: This is them. (laughs) This is what y'all arguing about. Who can say the word nigga? Get your asses over here in my motherfucking court. (laughs) You, you's a nigga. Get your ass in the gulag. Five days. You, you in the gulag. Five days. I throw y'all in there just for arguing about this dumb shit.
1: Hey, and, then, uh, well, Umar, Umar be giving out lashes, don't it? So, you gotta send them to the lot of, what,
0: 10,000 lashes apiece? <laughs> you go see Umar, you go see Umar for your lashes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this sentence and you go see Umar for your lashes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh! Oh, look at this shit. <laughs> What is he talking about tonight? No, I don't know about this one, man. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I know some Africans use the word to, like, you know, try to blend in, try to assimilate. Because if they don't assimilate, niggas will be all, like, you know, jokey-jokey, all on them. You know what I mean? They trying to fit in. They, They from out of town. You know, they trying to have fun. They trying to, you know what I mean?
1: So, like, listen, I feel that, but then if a white person says that, like, hey, i just said just so I want to fit in, people ready to fight. Dog? So what's the difference? Like, what's the difference? Like, let's be real here. <laughs> Does those skin change up? Does that mean that the intention is changing up? And if it is, then why we we treat
0: one like the other? Yeah, I was around, like, I was going to the spot. I think I was getting some um, falafel. And that you know, I don't know what culture it is that make falafel, but they sons was outside the store saying nigga left and right. I was like, what the fuck?
1: It seemed like, you know, like, <clears throat> my hair meant was like, yeah, it was, you know, white people say it all the time. That's because they grew up in the hood. They grew up around that shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, you look at that. And the thing, too, is, is that you see a white person saying nigga around a bunch of black people and they all hood. What Dave Chappelle said that's the that's the toughest one in the crew. <laughs> that's <laughs> the one you really don't want to mess with. Yeah, yeah. So again, you know, is I do believe that part of it is cultural because again, I've seen that a lot here in Memphis. So it's just like you know, is it, it definitely is this what this guy was saying? Is that like it's it's the cultural, it's the area thing, and like that just wasn't happening with African. So I mean, I feel mm-hmm. I feel what he was saying.
0: You know not read, that's okay, but
1: I knew what he was
0: saying. I think he's got a really fucking strong ass argument. Okay. I think mean, he might got the. It's very feminine. It's giving me feminine vibes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, it really has evolved into a word. You just use it to to generally identify somebody. Like, yo, that's my nigga, that's my nigga, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's not, there's no ill with no ill intention behind it. Now, the people argue all day about who can say it, who can't say it, this and that. And I've noticed that even when we use the amongst ourselves, we're not using it in a way where it's like derogatory. We're just using it to refer to a specific, it's almost like, it's almost just like a general noun. Like, people just use it to refer to a specific person and it's not it's, it's gender neutral at this point because like they talking about being angry <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like the word has just evolved so much man it's crazy so you know it is what it is um uh, being like, yes sir yes sir I mean
0: I'm just saying like they want to use the word nigga we gonna say Akata <laughs> okay so
1: that's what akata is like that's the thing that like when you say Akata like For that one, that's 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 that's
0: bag right there. is the most racist black man in the world. (laughs) It's a race between him and JLP, yo. Oh man, between
1: him and JLP the same level. Everybody was saying,
0: everybody was saying, put Charleston White and um Farrell together. I'm like, no, you need to put Charleston White and Uncle Hotep together. (laughs) They are.
1: We sleep
0: out hotel, boy. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. Uncle Hotel, he can't wait to step on a nigga neck. He can't <clears> wait <throat> to let the dog go. Give me the hose. <laughs> That's what that nigga
1: said. Oh, I, let, man.
0: I let the dog go.
1: Oh,
0: uh, oh. Uh, we got to see about you. Um. Damn. So no Juneteenth, no nigga. <laughs>
1: No fun had this summer at all. At all. Back it up. Back it up.
0: (laughs) We can't grip off nothing, ADOD. Nothing, FBA. Oh, this is terrible. Tariq Nasheed created a problem. (laughs) They created a serious problem.
1: Oh, man.
0: I'm sorry. We're going to have to throw him in the gulags, too. That whole
1: temp Jesus dude. Listen, man, I just brought this read really heavy too, man. But like some shit he be saying,
0: now I'm like, come on, bro. Like, what are, what are we talking about? Like, like what are, what are we talking? About? I, 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 want, I want to give him a hug right before I send his ad to the gulag. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, if Luan gives out the
1: lashes, man, and one
0: of them ain't making it out. Oh wait, hold on. <laughs> I can't, I can't allow that to happen now. Oh, <laughs> We might have to pardon Tariq. <laughs> I can't send him to Umar. I can't allow that to happen. <laughs> we, we going to let Tariq go with a warning. Because if I send him to Umar, it's going to be a rap for black man, culture.
1: Listen, listen, listen. That's bad.
0: That's, that's big rough. Big rough. Oh, man. Damn. No, I can't do that. I can't do that to Tariq. We're going to pardon Tariq. We're going to pardon. We're going to let him go. Let him off with a warning. Damn! Remember when him and Umar
1: had had beef? Man, bro, that that beef was that beef was crazy, man. <clears throat> because they was just they was going back and, forth, back and forth with each other like it was like rap battle. And then you know Tariq, you know he had his little show, so he's on there roasted twenty four seven. And Umar just oh man, the, the comebacks are crazy. The comebacks are so crazy, man. It's just. Tariq, that's that's one dude that I I would not want to be in a roast a roast beef with, man, because I still remember when um what was the other um the other dude that he was beefing with in that, in that space um I can't remember his name, but he had an app. He used to call him Crispy. Crispy. Chad probably know who it is. Um. Tommy Sohlmeyer. Tommy Sohlmeyer. Him and, and, and Tariq made that app on <laughs> uh, Crispy's biscuits. <laughs> and that joint. Was... Bro, bro. And that joint was number one in the app store the first week it came out. Bro, listen, listen, listen. How do you grow somebody and, and make money off of them from an app, dog? That's that's Found
0: a way to the <laughs> That's he a griftin' ass food nigga.
1: Like,
0: that <laughs> yeah, he's grifty as hell, yo. Yeah. That nigga is mad grifty. Hold on, let me reach back in the grip bag. Let me see if we got let me see what else we got in here. We got thirty minutes until Dr. Peter McCullough come on. So we got time to burn. Um, check this out though. Jabari said, are Caribbean blacks the new white folks? Ooh, ooh, ooh! I told you I was white. I, I <laughs> told you niggas I was white.
1: Hey, what's that what gonna say? Oh. <laughs>
0: Listen, listen. They say Caribbean folks is the new white folks. Hit the likes. Hit the likes. Hit the like button. Gently jig the algo. Gently. Um, actually violently. Um, damn, Jabari. Caribbean folks are the new white folks. That's what it feels like. That's what Tan said, Tanakh kicking us out, you know. Tan said we can't say the word nigga. And I said, "What else he said? We can't celebrate Juneteenth. We can't (sighs) co-op Juneteenth." Hey man, this what it is. Y'all
1: still got y'all got planting. Y'all got you know, like like, y'all still got y'all just let us have
0: heart, man. You know. Oh my god. That means you got to give us hip hop. Cool hurt. It wasn't for cool hurt. Wouldn't be no hip hop.
1: Okay, you got two more.
0: Busta Rhymes. I'm holding on to my last one. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh no, no that's the that's, that's the kill shot, huh?
0: Okay. okay. I'm holding on to my kill shot now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but you know where I'm coming from. Alright, alright. No,
1: y'all can have the pop. That's that's, that's us all day.
0: Y'all definitely can't have it. Nah, ain't been
1: a relevant Caribbean artist in years. No, y'all can't have. it. So you can't have. Y'all can't have
0: Burner Boy. Should we just turn this into the (laughs) ritual (laughs) Brothers? That is what we We, need. See, it's time to get organized. It's time to get (laughs) organized. We gotta hash out the real politics of the black community. We gotta hash this shit out. This is how we done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna need a racial draft. <laughs> Damn, we got Wyclef. that means you ain't getting Lauren. Mmm. Mmm.
1: Yeah, okay. Mm. So uh, we take uh, we taking uh, Lauren, dog. You know what you can have her and this is why. What? Laura Lauren Hill had a one hot album. Yeah. Hill wasn't even the best person in the Fuji's, dawg. I'm sorry, y'all can take it. Who it's was too. the best? Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill done live off cloud from one album for almost 20 years, dog. Who, I'm sorry. Who if that him? happened to anybody else, we would be calling them a we will be saying that catalog ain't good enough. Look at how they do J Electronica J. Electronic, was super hot when he first came out. Like, oh, He ain't never dropped no albums. He ain't never do this. He ain't never do that. But because it's Laura Hill, she was with the Fugees, we give her a pass for that one album. Was the album fire? Yeah, we ain't getting nothing else after that.
0: That's not fair, because fucking... How is that not fair? Because first albums with fucking Hove. Who gets to have hold on their first album?
1: That's not... Okay, we get to have what you talking about?
0: What are you talking about? Why Clef is arguably one of the most gifted musicians ever. uh oh, nope, nope, nope. So we no. taking Wycleft too then? We taking yeah, Wyclef. No. We taking no, Lauren. No. We taking hip hop. I don't even know how y'all gonna get hip hop back.
1: You just declared that you're taking hip hop, but you still ain't made no good argument for taking it
0: yet. We taking Biggie?
1: Oh no, 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 because all of that had everything to do with New York. How he grew up in New Oh, University. here we go. Yeah, nothing the deal with the Caribbean dog. Oh, see So y'all recently There you go. You one of them from the Caribbean, thus, the last year. You one of them trying to co-op Juneteenth. team. I, I, nah. I see where you're going. I see where you're going.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, Biggie's my kill shot,
1: bro. No, no, no. no. Biggie's I, my kill shot, bro. We got Biggie. Not. No, the, the, Where are you talking about growing up at? Where was
0: was the influence of his music from? He's of Jamaican ancestry. Where was the influence of his music from? He is of Jamaican ancestry. Where
1: was the influence of his music
0: from? Are we invited to the Juneteenth kickback or not? (laughs) To not... Can we say the word, nigga? Y'all are invited. Y'all are always
1: invited. You're always welcome, but you are a guest. This is not your party. I gotta, I gotta, you are always invited.
0: I got to put my table up and sell my shea butter. What's up? <laughs> hey, you can put your table up
1: get your grip on. But you're going to be you no know, Caribbean
0: Juneteenth. i just what, you say what to say? Yo, no. from, the time, from the time I set up my table, you know the it's, motherfucking steel drums is out. No. If the steel drums is out, that no. means the speakers is coming out. We got the bass thumping. It that's all part of the, the
1: whole thing. It's gotta no. be what? No. What? No, you get a booth. You get a move and you, <laughs> <get removed>. you, <laughs> you oh, might boost. say, about no drones, you put you put extras on everything now. You a guest. Guests don't come in and, and tear the house up now. Oh, now, oh we ain't doing that. Yeah. Listen, it's gonna be heavy bass in the house. Heavy <clears throat> bass at the
0: kickback. Huh? We get 50 cent, too. Oh, man, he Haitian. Let's go. Oh, we get 52. Oh,
1: kill shot. Now notice how you even notice. Notice, notice. None of these people were high until they got in Nobody. None, none of these people are high until they start talking about American experiences. Now, like, come on. Ain't nobody talking about rapping about Haiti. and no, Ain't no quarter press raps coming out right now. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> hey look.
0: Can't hate the play, you gotta hate the game, man.
1: We are hating the game, and the game says <laughs> that they go to New York, they did something stuff in New York, so the game says and hey, this is ours. This is our influence.
0: We know how to play the game. We know how to play the game.
1: Okay. We're playing in your country then. Why you can't play in your country?
0: We play it everywhere. They, we can't help.
1: <laughs> So why you ain't
0: got no hot? Why ain't no hot 100 single coming out of au Prince right now? <laughs> Matter of fact,
1: 50 said hot right now in Africa. Me, really? I would be surprised. Nigga, I
0: went back to motherfucking Africa. What year was it? 2015 or something like that. I went, I went, I went Ooh. to Africa, and uh, Chingy was like number one on the radio.
1: Man, it'd, it'd be some obscure artists you ain't heard of for years, man. that be, that are still begin shining other countries, man. It's crazy. Yo, it's Africa's
0: crazy. like, what, the part of Africa I was in was stuck in 90s hip-hop. I was in heaven. I'm like, oh, this shit is great. This shit is beautiful. Got the colonizers right there. Who else we got? Hold up. We got, we got Super Chats coming in for the racial draft. Let's go. Um... Strong Dad Protocol said ancestry does not count. It's all about influence. Biggie hey, is strong, Dad. Biggie is black American influence. That's the only reason he's big. Caribbean hey. niggas, Jamaican niggas was not going hard for Biggie like Ados. Hey. That, that don't mean nothing just because you yeah, was, why don't mean uh, what, what you, Come on. What you mean don't mean nothing? Somebody had why to bring you the flavor. Y'all wasn't yeah. spitting it right. Y'all wasn't spitting it right. Ain't nobody doing, like, Biggie, you need that. You know what I mean? Yeah, we just niggas with, with uh, you know what I mean?
1: A little bit less cut on it. Bruh. Bruh. Marilla <laughs> is always hot for one album with the same flow that Biggie had. It's the influence. The influence. Come on, let's go.
0: Strong Dad Protocol said, and we're not taking Drake. He's a reason for this soft boy shit we struggle with today. <laughs> now nah, y'all definitely keeping Drake. Listen, man. Yeah, y'all listen. definitely Jabari
1: Jabari say Drake is Canadian. No, Drake is what well, Drake is Canadian. He does not represent uh any North American black interests. Uh, he was also uh murdered by Pusha T. His ghost has been rapping for the past couple of years and been releasing albums. So uh, yeah, we don't we don't nah, we'll take
0: that. Jabari said Caribbean blacks. Do have the most redacted blood in the Black diaspora, HJ. All of. See, see, see. We a little bit different. I'm saying just because y'all ain't know how to pimp the American system isn't our fault.
1: Y'all sitting up here acting
0: like y'all built the American system.
1: You know the thing that's real frustrating about Drake too sometimes, like, his daddy lives here. His daddy's from Memphis. So he he is uh, he does have some of that 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 uh that Memphis swag, but it's just the the other shit is just like, come on bro, like what do we do? What do we do? Mm-hmm. Nas for president, hold for treasurer, KRS. once that's a cabinet I can get behind. I can get
0: behind that. for president. Hold for treasurer. KRS-1 for Secretary of Education. Ooh. I get behind
1: that. Ooh.
0: I like that. I like that. I could vote for that ticket. I could vote for that ticket. Listen, we can put
1: that on the verses, Let's definitely go sell.
0: I could definitely co-sign that. Yeah. 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 See, this is, this is real nigga politics right here. This is real nigga politics. This is what I'd like to see. Organization. Organization. Now we just need Timbo and, um, Swiss to put this shit together.
1: I don't know about Swiss, because Swiss just gonna recycle the same 12 beats in using <laughs> So, um, we might even leave Swiss out and be, we'll come with something. Here.
0: Alright, let me see what's in the grip bag, yo. We done started a whole racial draft in here. <coughs> this is what happens, yo. This is this is this is how you have good civil discourse.
1: Town yep. hall. This is what, ain't this, ain't what Elon's what trying to turn Twitter into? Trying to turn it into like a, a digital town hall. Yeah. But he I think he forgot that there's too many stupid people on there that turn it into a town hall. Stupid people not supposed to have a vote. God damn. I, mean, <laughs> I feel you though. I'm with you. I'm, don't No, I know. We know your block list is in the thousands, so I know you and <laughs> <me>. <laughs> That's
0: why I say you can't let me be. People ask me, you don't like communism? I'm like, well, actually, there's some elements <laughs> of it that intrigue me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we really wanna um speed things up. Um, did you see that what I just put there in the DM? Go to that right in the DM. Go to that right there. Let's pull that up. It's the Tim it's it's the Tim Pool one. They call him Beanie Man. Oh no, man, appreciate
1: the shout out on Tim Cass when you're going on. That's my nigga right there. Tim Cass, that's my nigga. Michigan City with all-Muslim council bans pride ooh, bands pride flags on public property at bizarre council meeting in which LGBTQ couple kiss in front of shocked religious priests. I keep telling these lives that important religious conservatives will result in concern. That man spitting. That man spitting. And see, this is the thing that uh, that I see too when people migrate from. Uh, west, they migrated from California, they started to come over to the more, uh, more conservative parts of the country. They started trying to bring in politics with them and they realized the people in the area ain't going for that shit. <laughs> it's just like, hey, like, we, like, hey, y'all did stuff like that over here, we don't do that like that over here, so y'all don't have to get with the program, we gotta go somewhere else, like, this is, this ain't how we do stuff here. So, um, yeah, not, and, you, and of course, Islam, like, Islam's definitely not going, so it's like you start bringing all these muscles over here and now you're surprised that they not come with the prize stuff. Like,
0: come on now, like what are we talking about? Like literally, what are we talking about? Yeah, that's wild. That's crazy. So Tim Pool said, I kept telling these libs that um, importing religious conservatives would result in conservative public rulings. Now they are losing it. This this is this is something that has been reverberated throughout the hotep nation community consistently that only the hijab can save us hotep you're a genius hotepjesus.com had to be a hijab summer we need some sharia law and it was weird for me because you know i'm on the the trump side of politicalism right I'm on that side of things, and, you know. They were sort of conditioned to have this disdain for the Muslims because of the manufactured history between the two cultures, especially in recent history. So, with them with them being of the Islamic faith, I knew you're in alignment. These are your these are your friends. You, you're in political alignment with these people. Only a matter of time before it's going to bubble over. And now watching it happen is just so satisfying. I can't even hold you. I can't even hold you. It's so satisfying to know that this is happening. Because somebody's got to fucking put their foot down. And I remember, you know what made it makes this sweet? When they created that term Islamophobe.
1: Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what
0: made it sweet. When they made up the term Islamophobe, I said, Ooh, yeah. Keep pushing that shit. Yeah. <coughs> Push them yup. Push Islam forward, please. Cause when the shit hit the fan, you gonna have to deal with that beast you just created. Mm-hmm. How you gonna how you gonna you those two things, the rainbow and Allah, I don't I'll don't never remember them shits going together
1: at all and see you know the whole Islamophobic thing you're fighting the same battle that everybody else is so instead of you trying to go around and fight a different battle you fight them on their terms and because their terms don't make sense they can't sit here and tell you that your word is wrong because their word is wrong and if their word is wrong they gotta concede that at some point to tell you that yours is wrong so they did the right thing they they fought them on their terms and like hey you know we know that this don't make sense, but since y'all
0: want to do it like this, okay, we're going to do it like this. Because we know that y'all can't fight us on this. I love to see it. I absolutely love to see it. Um, and, you know, not that I have anything against this community. I have nothing against this community. I have nothing against them at all. You know, it's just that um, it, it, there seems to be a, a premium placed upon certain groups and individuals did you see the dossier over on um arizona state university website the whole
1: privilege the 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 black male privilege privilege. that that document circulates Uh, that document circulates every every like year or so and it's just you know i feel like a lot of those documents come from the fact that you know people Describe equality as having sexual access to other groups because if you see, there's a whole section about what black men can do sexually that other groups can't do. i was just like, bro, like, like, how does that even matter in the long-term scheme of things? Like, these these things don't matter politically, so why is this a privilege? Like, this doesn't gain this doesn't gain any power within the structure. You know, what that's called? You know, what that's called? What's it called?
0: White supremacy. That's white supremacy. When in a nigga mind, he places a premium on white people. It's in the niggas mind.
1: Listen, man. That creates let,
0: white supremacy.
1: Don't let black people fool you. Black people love white people. White people love black people, too. Don't, don't let them fool you. Don't let them fool you.
0: But that's what it is. It's a preoccupation. What are they saying in that? They're saying... You can go get a white woman before I can go get a Zay. And
1: why does that matter? Because we both still down bad. Like, that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, politically, we're still down bad. Like, this does not change our socio political, socio economic stance. So, like, you know, this is, this is not helping anything. Again, all of this is, especially with these feminists. Just about having sexual access to other groups. That's that's all it is. That's all they care about. They don't care about actually making real power moves. School talk about this a lot. School, school bars on this man, school bars be hidden when you start talking about stuff like this. And people don't like to hear it, but it's like he's telling the absolute truth. It's like black people as a whole don't understand how power moves. They don't understand how to make power moves. So they think that frivolous shit like having sexual access to another group. Gives you some kind of power. It's just like, no, they pump and dump you, just like they pump and dump you for everything else. So it's like the political pump and dumps, the, the economic pump and dumps, it's like, come on, bro. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you allow yourself to get pimped out, and then when they're done, they're gonna kick you to the curb. Like, it's crazy. It's
0: crazy. She mad because I got an ice queen.
1: Right. <laughs> but as your, your kids still read below third grade reading levels. they're 18. Like, what are we talking about?
0: I, I, I just I, I don't get the, the preoccupation with white folks and that's why you know when people say I hate when people dismiss it and say there is no such thing as white supremacy, I'm like, no, you guys are just misdiagnosing this. You are absolutely misdiagnosing this. It's a huge misdiagnosis of white supremacy. White supremacy has to exist here first. That's a fact. Before it can exist, somebody has to hold this idea in their mind. That's a fact. And the only people that can do that are the people captive.
1: Hotep, you're a genius. HotepJesus.com. We love Massa. Somebody said they want to know what's going on on the board behind me. Oh, this is just some stuff. I, I have a grant due tomorrow, so I'll just like different great deadlines and just a uh, taking track stuff. <laughs> this is just all all research stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got, we got Dr. Peter McCullough
0: coming on soon. Drake can't make a black baby, so he's out. Oh, my god. Oh, baby, mania. <laughs> maniacs in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> they strong, Dad. Jesus. Yee. Oh, my mama. Um, see savages absolute savages dr peter mccullough gonna come back on i don't even know if i want to get to the rest of this ratchet shit in the grift bag <laughs> and, and
1: we come on and start talking about some real
0: shit <laughs> you might as well start warming up for him uh, you familiar with dr peter mccullough right oh
1: yeah oh yeah no i'm talking about uh i'm talking about uh peter on the timeline Uh especially when they were talking about they were basically trying to debunk his, his theories about you know the the, the jab and, and the vaccines and all this so um i can't say that the vaccine i don't have to pretend like we're going on vacation no more or, or, should, or are we still going on vacation
0: um well it's going members only so you know okay but, okay so um, i think i think youtube sort of lightened up but i don't know they got canon for some for some other shit i think he was um Promoting some vaccine movie or some shit. Okay. Okay. The doctor gonna. I know he gonna talk regular. So. Right. Right. We just gonna ride the wave. You know what I
1: mean? But yeah, no. So I, I, I I mean, I defended a lot of the things that he said, especially because people want to say that he's like some rogue doctor. I'm like, bro, this man got thousands of citations. How's he a rogue doctor? What are you talking about? Like this. It's funny how they use certain words and make you think certain stuff about people when it don't align with what they want you. it was like broke. Like, rogue? Like, how is he rogue? Like, this is one of the most cited cardiologists in the world. So, I'm like, like, what are we talking about? Just because he don't agree with the bullshit that's going on, don't mean that he's rogue. Like, like, what this is a whole bunch of other people that don't agree with him, too? So, and as we as we know, as you know, because the iconic drop hotel's been told you how long we've been telling them on this channel what was going on. We told them from the jump what was going on. Now we just got other people confirming what's going on, you know, two, three years later. So it's like, you know, we, we saw it for what it was there. And, uh, you know, it'd be, it be nice to have him on the, to hear his side of things and hear what he has to say about what's going on. I
0: didn't need to be a doctor. I'm dumb enough to know not to do- go do that shit. It was on the left
1: side of the bell curve. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Thank you. A <laughs> oh. uh, who the what I I can't spell it. Man, <laughs> <laughs> hey, see, you know, that's, that's the interesting argument I always have about that part of, of the pandemic is that, like, you know, you do have the left side of the bell curve. Um, you do have the left side of the bell curve, and you have a right side of the bell curve that ultimately came to the same decision. And, but it's funny how sometimes on the back end that the, the people that's on the left side of the bell curve want to act like they were smart. It's like, no, you got lucky because you're stupid. Like you saved your life, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't try to act like you're on the right side of the bell curve now. Like just we we see you. It's cool. It's cool. Like you got lucky. We appreciate it. But no, it's better than being in the middle. <laughs> but you were not on the right.
0: You were not on the right side of the bell curve. That's okay. You know, it's dangerous out here. It's actually dangerous out here. I, um... You know, I, uh... You know, it's dangerous out here. It's actually dangerous out here. I, um... You know, I, uh... I guess I got lucky. Because... Remember, I had Sister Samaya in them on and Dr. Shiva on, mm-hmm. right? Um, Sister Samaya was pointing to legislation, the legislation that they were trying to pass was basically um, banning um, religious exemption. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, oh nah, come on the platform, let's let's highlight this, let's talk about this. That, like that's that sounds very like suspect, like you know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, sure enough um here we come the next year you have this and i'm like oh shit in hindsight i'm like oh shit i see why they were trying to remove religious exemption because this is prior to that the the outbreak right the outbreak Mm -hmm. aka the misdiagnosis and all that you know what i'm saying um especially in regards to deaths right What what they were considering deaths at the time
1: and hi, then, then they come out years later and be like, oh, we should reclassify how we consider COVID. And it's like, oh shit, we told y'all that when, when it first started. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, there's so much stuff that's happening on the back end. It's like, man, we've been told y'all. Like, like what is, like, why is, this, why is this news now? Like, why is this why is this something that we even continue to still talk about, you know? So, it's, but it'll be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see how. This is, especially, go
0: ahead. I think it's the type of information where, like, you're on the uh... On the quest for knowledge it's something you come across you know it's one of those subjects where you hear about the subject and you don't immediately assume you kind of you know look at what people are saying remember they had that documentary about the 300 difference with black boys and autism and all of that shit. you know so a lot of information had got out there you know that's when i really became um super hip to it right before that i saw the dr stanley plock and shit. Oh, here go Dr. Peter McCullough right here.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Let's see.
3: Hi, Dr. McCullough. Can you hear me
0: okay? Oh, uh, yes, Hi. I can. What's up, man?
3: All right, good. Let me just check my settings here.
0: Okay. O- okay, good. Well, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm trying to get the uh, screens right. Don't worry, we're gonna get the screens right. In the meantime, let me introduce you to um, my homie here. Uh, this is Dr. Riggs, organic chemist. He's a, he he's very familiar with your work. Um, way more familiar with your work than I am. <laughs> so yeah, but it looks like uh, you know I'm
3: gonna have to compete with you on a virtual background now. Oh, so <laughs> let me see what i can do oh man i can't find it now so oh yeah here it is um there we go i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with dallas kind of the sky view here
0: mm.
1: okay <laughs> some nice skyline. And what are you it.
3: gonna do tonight? You it looks like you got your chemistry in the background. You're still working in class, huh? Yeah, I'm
1: still working. Yeah, I actually have an NIH review tomorrow, so. Oh no! Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah, so we we burning the midnight oil right now.
3: No. Okay. Well, good luck to you. God bless you. It's hard. I know. I've I've had NIH funding, and I've been through all that. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Um. You know, the one thing that I heard from Tanai about your work was. That was very consistent is the amount of citations you had in regards to your work on the heart, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody now is uh talking about you know myocarditis and you know all these different symptoms and are, you know diagnoses, whatever this stuff is, and you know my viewers are very skeptical of some of the information that's been passed around as the truth for the past few years um we know that you know better than anybody the heart. So, the question I have for you, you know, let's just cut right to the chase. Is it the, you know what I mean, you know what I mean? Is the vacation, is it the jibby jabby? You know, is is, is a correlation? You're on such a roll, do you
3: wanna start recording this? Oh, we live, baby. Oh, we're live, okay, wow. <laughs> you guys are so far ahead of me, okay. Well let's get into it since we're live and we're we're streaming to probably billions of people worldwide. Um, I'm Dr. Peter McCullough and as you pointed out I'm a practicing internist and cardiologist so I can tell you what I'm seeing in my clinical practice every day. Um, I'm also uh, one of the most published uh, cardiologists in my field I focus on how the heart and kidney disease uh, patients how they interact in terms of various organ system levels and and the science behind in vitro diagnostics therapeutics clinical trials and then in COVID-19 I redirected my efforts to COVID-19 because I I didn't see patients being treated appropriately to have them avoid hospitalization and death so I developed the first treatment protocols demonstrated that they worked helped produce the home first home treatment guide uh, was called upon by the White House and U.S. Senate to help the best that I could Now I'm seeing the complications after COVID-19 vaccine. I have over 70 papers in COVID and COVID vaccine. So I'm one of the most published people in my field in the world in history. And what I do is I just cite the evidence and any doctor who goes on TV or any expert, if they're not citing the evidence, then you can't go back and check what they've said. So I'll do that to the best I can
0: today. Mm, Absolutely amazing. All right, so can you first explain to us the phenomenon of athletes, like, falling out? You know, because a lot of people are, um, you know, jumping to conclusion. Not anybody who falls out, like, you pass out, whatever, everybody falls out. they be like, oh, look, there's a vaccine, you know? Like, but is there some correlation in the data that says that this stuff is related, especially with the athletes? And why is it in that age group as opposed to, like, some of the older groups? Sure. So let's take the issue of uh, the case where we know people
3: took the vaccine. And so knowing whether or not someone took the vaccine is really important because otherwise we don't want to guess. Right. Right. So everybody who passes out or has a cardiac arrest, they should just get up if they can. If they do, they should just say, listen, did I take the vaccine or not? We have to know. They can't not say it. In fact, if, if people didn't take the vaccine, they would be very helpful. They just come out and say, hey, I didn't take the vaccine. It couldn't be the vaccine because we're still trying to figure out what is going on. So when people are silent, it makes us suspicious they took the vaccine and they regret it or they're under threat from their sports team or their school not to say anything. So, you know, what I've said is I've, I produced a mini documentary with another cardiologist from the UK, Asim Malhotra, you know, what we said, we said, listen, it's the vaccine until proven. Otherwise, unless somebody comes out and said, they didn't take it. It's the vaccine until proven. Otherwise And we've seen a lot of prominent sports figures. I'm sure you're going to ask about this. So let's talk about the different syndromes. The most serious syndrome is called myocarditis or heart inflammation. And in June of 2021, our US FDA said. The vaccines cause myocarditis. The FDA said this, so it's not controversial. They definitely cause myocarditis It's on the um it's on the consent form. It's actually on the frequently asked questions form. When people think a vaccine, it says, "Listen, if you're going to take this, you need to know it causes heart inflammation and damage. The vaccine goes to the heart. It's physically been found in the heart. And when it installs the genetic code for the spike protein, it damages heart muscle It causes inflammation in the heart muscle. This has been shown now in biopsy studies uh, published in Germany from Bollmeyer, uh, autopsy studies of people who have died of this by Schwab, both investigators in Germany. And we now know that myocarditis, the peak age is 18 to 24 so it's in the age where there's you know high school pro athletes now there's an quite an extended range it can extend up into the 60s and 70s so for instance Bruce Arians former coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks he got myocarditis took several shots and got myocarditis last October he's in the hospital so it can occur at an older age but the peak age is in this 18 to 24. now the heart inflammation can cause chest pain trouble breathing but more than half the time, the athletes don't feel it; they actually don't feel what's going on and uh and then a small patch of scar can form, just a small patch in the heart of a scar and when the scar is there, the electricity that conducts through the heart which each beat can actually make an abnormal circuit called reentry and under the right conditions. There can be a sudden abnormal heart rhythm, which goes around in a circle. It's called ventricular tachycardia. And then the athlete will get kind of dizzy. And it's so fast, within a few seconds, boom, they go down. And that's ventricular fibrillation. You lost
0: me at no.
3: You'll see the athletes, you'll see when it happens, You said stumble... Wait, 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 let's, let's slow down really fast.
0: Because you said there was going to be a scar and then a re-entry yes the re-entry of the electrical rhythm the heart muscle
3: should be pristine the heart muscle should have no defects in it so the electricity conducts in a very smooth fashion if there's a scar it will conduct slowly through the scar and then it can actually start to make a circle around the electricity should never make re circles and it's due to scars that's the reason why by the way a heart attack due to cholesterol blockages can also cause uh, a particular uh, tachycardia and particular fibrillation so the myocarditis causes a scar and then this abnormal heart rhythm can kick up but people say why athletes why athletes more than regular people because athletes work out and every time they work out they draw more vaccine into the heart the vaccine is circulating in the bloodstream, at least a month after they take a shot. And almost all the athletes work out within a few days of taking the shot. So they keep building more vaccine in the heart, more damage is occurring. And uh, in in a paper by Verma from Washington university in St. Louis, and then Choi in Korea, Gill from Connecticut, uh, uh, they've shown proof positive in autopsies that the heart inflammation and scar that occurs in the heart is the cause of sudden death. And the two times where there can be death is when there's a surge of adrenaline. One time is during sports, like a big play on the field or practice. And the other time is between 3am and 6am, when there's a surge of adrenaline during the normal waking process.
0: Mm. Tonight. I want you to hop in right there and uh, ask the doc any questions you may have, um, because I'm I'm about to lose my lunch. (laughs) Ask the doc any questions you may have, um, because I'm I'm about to lose my lunch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't really have any questions, more so just to verify what he said, especially about uh, the vaccine circulation, because a lot of times. When they first started talking about the vaccines, they were like, Oh, you know, you take it and you know, mRNA degraded very quickly in the body. So you take it and there's no free mRNA left. Well, we know that's not true now because of the studies that are out, but nobody ever talks about the chemical change to the mRNA that they made. So we talked about this on the show um what well, about two, three months ago, where we were talking about m-methyl so them inserting that artificial nucleoside is what makes the MRNA more rugged. So not only is the vaccine itself persisting, it's constantly being read until it gets degraded, but engineered in such a way that it's harder to degrade. So it lingers in the body longer. So it's creating this chronic inflammatory response, which you're seeing in the myocarditis. Mm. It's true. You know,
3: a paper by Castro and colleagues, was able to measure the messenger RNA in bloodstream out to 28 days. And that's as long as they've looked messenger RNA is hard to measure. So I bet the quantity is quite high. It could be circulatory for many months, if not longer. And then a paper by Rolkin and colleagues published in cell uh, from Stanford showed it was stuck in lymph nodes and women who happen to have lymph node biopsies uh, for two months this is far too long you know natural human messenger RNA is dissolved within 24 hours typically within a few minutes to a few hours by enzymes called ribonucleases they just dissolve it but um, as pointed out the Pfizer and Moderna made a decision to replace a natural part of the RNA a natural pyramidine called uracil with what's called pseudouracil and so that made the RNA resistant to breakdown by human ribonucleases it's made it essentially indestructible it, it, it became very highly efficient which was uh, you know an advantage in terms of producing the an antigen but it's indestructible now that we realize that the messenger RNA stays in the body way too long it's going to produce too much spike protein the spike protein is the killer part of the virus now people are stuck with this messenger RNA and they're getting far too much spike protein
0: Mm, So, um, there's somebody near and dear to my heart. I went on the Joe Rogan experience, and I told him who my favorite actor was. I told him, I think the most talented is Jamie Foxx. And uh, I don't want to misquote you, but I I could have sworn I heard you say something to the effect that Uh, maybe there are some links between the jibby jab and what happened to Jamie and is Jamie okay you know I can't I don't know exactly
3: what happened to Jamie Foxx you know he's uh, it was a busy actor I had a chance to meet him late in 2021 we took pictures and uh, you know we had a private conversation and and I can tell you you know where I was At that time in 2021, I had already testified multiple times in state senates, U.S. Senate. I had told America that vaccines weren't safe uh, publicly. And uh, the story as I understand it from Hollywood reporter A.J. Benza is that uh, Jamie was on site in Atlanta filming a a movie. And what Benza reports is that he was uh, told he had to take a vaccine against his will. And, uh, and that he did and he suffered a stroke resulting in cortical blindness and some form of paralysis that he spent about a month inpatient and, and now in inpatient rehab as opposed to going home and taking rehab at home. Let me tell you, Jamie Foxx is younger than me, he's very fit, you know, I physically met him, he's a good guy uh, and uh, he's not somebody who would naturally have a stroke. So if the story is that he's had a stroke, The very first thing I think of is the COVID-19 vaccine. That would be top of the list. And either he took it or he didn't. Now, uh, he doesn't have much in the way of family. His daughter has not said whether or not he took it and his agents or his publicists haven't said he's not taken. And I can tell you, they can help us a lot if they come out and say, listen, he didn't take the vaccine and this is what's happened. By being silent like this now for two months, it's created a lot of speculation. Mm,
0: mm, mm. So he's in inpatient rehab now, is what you're saying?
3: That's my understanding, inpatient rehab in Chicago. And again, I don't know the facts of the case, Um, but I can tell you, as a doctor, if he came to me as a doctor with a stroke, or I was consulted, the first question I'd ask is, did he take a vaccine and when, and how many doses? That's the first question because the vaccines cause stroke, both ischemic stroke and intracranial hemorrhage. In a paper by Von Berhild from three Nordic countries, they described in total 7,750 neurologically devastating strokes from these countries. It's a huge number within 28 days of taking the shot. And and they ruled out any effect of COVID. So I can tell you the strokes for sure cause
0: uh, stroke. And they would be a leading cause of premature stroke in a young person. But but Mark Zuckerberg and them said we're not allowed to say that, you know. Lisa Page said we can't say that. We need
3: to say it because we need to warn others. You know, I went on Fox News with Mrs. Orandello, a wonderful lady who's seventy in her seventies. She took uh, two shots of Pfizer, second shot of Pfizer, intracranial hemorrhage. They had to be rushed to the hospital. They had to take off her skull cap and draw drain out the blood, put it back. Um, uh, she had a, she's been neurologically ruined. She's in rehab. She's ruining retirement. She went on Fox News and just said, "Listen, I took the vaccine. I had this brain hemorrhage, and I'm miserable." So some people are coming out and being very honest and, and warning others about it, which they should. That's their public uh, duty. But there's others that have remained uh, quiet. Another celebrity couple that's been quiet is um, Justin and Haley Bieber. Haley Bieber uh, had a blood clot in the brain that they had to retract out and uh, recover neurologic function. Separately Justin Bieber had his face paralyzed for over a year called Ramsey Hunt syndrome. Both of those are described with the vaccine. They're clearly described with the vaccine. In fact, an identical case to Haley Bieber was the case of Callie Varner. Kelly's a big media person with the NFL and, and, in, in, in betting. And I guess in the, in the gambling industry, Kelly Varner just went on this Stu Peters show as well as, um, the Tommy Kerrigan show. And she told her story. She took the shot within a few weeks, blood clot in the brain, major stroke. They had to give clot busting medicines and she poor thing. She's 36 and she's had to recover. So listen, there's plenty of these cases out here. The vaccines cause stroke first thing to consider.
0: Um, I'm, you know, every time you talk about you like cutting people's skulls open, it, it, this sounds like really brutal. This is, this is, this is crazy. Um, okay. So how, how, how is it that signatures get signed off on this, even with all of the data saying otherwise, even with all of the, is it just pure bureaucracy and politics?
3: It's the special nature of the vaccines. The vaccines are under emergency use authorization. That's linked to National Defense Authorization Act. It's basically a military mechanism. They're not under standard FDA scrutiny for safety or efficacy. In fact, the vaccines on the market now, Pfizer, Moderna, uh, they're only approved by extension of studies based on antibodies. They've never been proven to reduce COVID or reduce the risk of hospitalization and death at all. And in fact, most people have found out they don't work if they take the vaccines, they get COVID anyway. A recent paper by Shretha and colleagues in Cleveland Clinic show the more shots they take, the more cases of recurrent COVID they get. So in fact, the shots backfire. So they should have been pulled off the market a long time ago. The the first signal we saw people dying with the vaccines was January 22nd of 2021. They, They should have been pulled off the market. Pfizer should have voluntarily withdrawn it. But because they're authorized under this emergency use authorization, a uh, Department of Health and Human Services, Department of Defense Mechanism, it's a military countermeasure. They've
0: remained on the market. Are you familiar with uh, the swine flu of 1976? Yes. Yeah. Um, could, you, could you replay that for people who are not familiar uh, with... Uh maybe some of the players in that, some of the uh, people involved, et cetera, et cetera. And, and are you familiar with the aftermath? The
3: you know, swine flu pandemic of 1976 was a more severe flu. Uh, it was the Gerald Ford administration. There was a great aspiration for mass vaccination of the country. Population was 220 million at the time. Roughly 25% of the population was vaccinated. There were 23 deaths that ultimately rose up to over 50 deaths. And 550 cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome or ascending paralysis, paralysis that develops after the vaccine. There was no VAR system, no Twitter, no internet, just sporadic case reports. The, the, the news um, releases weren't sure if the vaccine caused it or not, but you know what? Gerald Ford and the administration, they shut it down. They said, listen, this, this is not looking good. They shut it down with a quarter of the population vaccinated. And then they had a compensation program for the victims and the the family members. They they did the, the right thing in 1976. And this is the type of thing I would have expected to happen with the COVID vaccine program. It should have happened in January of 2021. They should have shut it down.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So how much longer... Do we have until they shut it down? Because obviously they they have to shut this down. Like I I knew from the very beginning, it's gonna be a grand opening, it's gonna be a grand closing, just based upon how 1976 went. Do you know about how long we gotta wait for people to like wake up? I guess is what we're waiting on.
3: The first public call regarding vaccine safety in the U.S. recorded was by me in the Texas Senate in March of 2021. I published a paper with um, Roxana Bruno in May of 2021, and we sent it to every government in the United States, 57 authors, 17 countries, saying, listen, the vaccines don't look safe. We've got to get some questions answered ASAP. World Council for Health, June of 2022, uh, you know, international organizations said, pull them off the market. And then in December of 2022, on the floor of the US Senate in the Kennedy caucus room, in the Russell building, I called on the United States government to pull these off the market, US Senate, So you're, you're, you're looking at the person who's, who's made the call. Now, what we've seen since that time is the original Pfizer and Moderna have been withdrawn. Uh, the Moderna bivalent, which is a lower dose and the Pfizer bivalent, same cumulative dose remain on the market. Johnson and Johnson has been removed with no replacement. And I think next to go will be Novavax, which is the uh, antigen based vaccine. So the government seems to be kind of inching these off the market. The government has, has dropped the emergency declaration. So there should be no emergency use products and they should just be gone from the market. Americans don't want these products. The vaccine mandates have been, uh, been defeated and dropped all over. Uh, there's just no enthusiasm to take any more of these shots. So you say you made the call? I made the call in the U S Senate, December 7th, 2022. 2022. And, and what happened? It was recorded in the National Archives, it was messaged all over the internet, messaged to all the government authorities, uh, I co-moderated this session with Ron Johnson, the third one we did, you know, we invited Dr. Fauci, Ja, Jaa, Murthy, we gave them 90 days of advance notice, we did this three times, none of them showed up, none of them had the, uh, the, the courage or the courtesy to show up and to have a discussion with me and doctors in my circles.
0: Okay, interesting, interesting. So several congressional hearings, et cetera, et cetera, saying pull it, pull it, pull it. Who has to make the call? Who's the, who? Who ultimately is the guy that has to say, we're gonna pull it? The Secretary of Health and Human Services makes the call. How do we? How do we influence that? Is there some sort of vote that happens? Is is this some sort of committee or? You know,
3: it's one of the problems is that we don't have proper oversight of this entire uh this entire vaccine program we should have had a data safety monitor board a separate vaccine administration commission uh, we have the fDA and the CDC administering the program and they're, they're both out of their governmental roles we don't have proper oversight over hHs that you know the president himself supervises uh, hHS secretary who's a cabinet member uh so we're down to um, You you know, we're down to Secretary Beshara and President Biden. They've got to make the call.
0: You know, what I found interesting was while everybody was distracted with the Trump arraignment, that same day, I think there was a hearing. I think this was the 13th. They had a hearing um, about the pandemic. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, the House has conducted hearings,
3: and they've gone through a series of witnesses. um, Representative Comer. Uh, Chip Roy is assisting. Chip from Texas, who I've talked to personally about it. They've had great witnesses, including Jay Badachara, Martin Kaldorf, Marty Macri, Tracy Hogue from UC Davis. Uh, and the truth is coming out in these hearings.
0: The lady, what's her name? Wachel Walensky? What's her name? How do you say yep. that? Ro- 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 Rochelle w- w- Walensky. There you go. Rochelle Walensky. It didn't seem as though well the the jargon she was using was it was generally accurate the data was generally accurate was the data tonight you're shaking your head Did you, why why'd you shake your head like that
1: right, you can't have generally accurate data like if you're if you're mandating something for the broad public on generally accurate data you need to go back to the lab you can't make be you cannot make decisions like this for a wide range of people based on generally accurate data. You can't do stuff like that. Like if I were to ask for funding from a government agency for a generally accurate data, they're gonna be like, no, go back and do the correct experiment so that you can know whether or not this works, especially if you're planning on distributing this to a population. The reason why all this stuff got pushed through in the first place is because we're one of the few countries in the world that still allows pharmaceutical companies to lobby the government. Like Pfizer paid over a hundred million dollars to lobby the U.S. government over the past two or three years. They are one of the biggest lobbyists in the world. So it's like, it's not hard to see why these things still keep going on if the pharmaceutical companies and the government are in bed with each other.
0: Mm. Is that true, uh, Dr. McCullough? It is true, especially with
3: Walensky and the CDC We found out last fall that uh, both Moderna and Pfizer have an installed marketing unit inside the CDC offices and the vaccine offices, and the company's called Weber Shanwick. Weber Shanwick's part of the IPG group. They're a huge marketing firm. And so uh, Weber Shanwick is directly pushing Pfizer and Moderna vaccines inside the CDC. In fact, Rochelle Lewinsky paid them $50 million for their marketing efforts. And Rand Paul was outraged. He wrote a letter from the Senate to Walensky saying, listen, you can't have the drug companies inside the CDC pushing vaccines. But in fact, that's what's going
1: on. Whoa. Whoa.
0: This is way above my pay grade. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Um, Kent Hotel said, let's go. They got me for misinfo, Info, even though we didn't review on YouTube. Cannon Hotel, Free Cannon, hashtag Free Cannon. They they zapped his channel. He was talking about this information. They zapped his channel the other day, Doctor. Trying to spread this information. What do you suggest people like that do, man? Content creators that want to share this information. Am I gonna am I gonna lose my channel after this conversation? Did I say anything wrong? Are you- yeah,
3: no, we haven't said anything wrong. You, you know, there's no such thing as misinformation. Let's just talk about the word for a second. The word misinformation arose in the 1500s. It was extensively used in Nazi Germany as a propaganda term, misinformation. And then Washington Post said it was word of the year in 2018 in partisan politics, as before COVID. And in the medical field, there is no such thing as misinformation. There's simply scientific data. That's what tonight was mentioning. There's simply scientific data, and then there's interpretive points to view. There is no such thing as misinformation. Nobody holds the truth and somebody doesn't hold the truth. There's no agency over the truth. So what we found out through the Twitter files is that the U.S. CDC is working with the FBI, Twitter head FBI agents, uh, current and former agents working in content moderation. Uh, We found out through the Twitter files that one of the Pfizer board members, Scott Gottlieb, who is a media commentator like me, but he's on uh, he's on uh, CNBC, I'm on Fox and Newsmax usually, uh, but Gottlieb was working with these guys in Twitter content moderation in order to deceive America about natural immunity once they've already had COVID. So we're seeing all kinds of um, corrupt and illegal practices going on and one of them is to cancel people's channels just by conducting an interview where we have the right to free speech I'm a doctor. I'm one of the most published doctors in this field, so I'm very careful in how I cite the information. And, and yet, this interview and so many like them would be canceled uh, uh, by by YouTube content moderation. That's probably direct working directly hand in glove with the pharmaceutical industry.
0: Oh my God! Oh, oh, oh my! Oh my mama! What doc? Oh, my. What?
3: It's true. You know, I have published a book called Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex. And I, I wrote it with best-selling author John Leake. He's got, you know, a five-star Amazon ratings, uh, probably the best book out there in COVID. So it's all, it's all accurate, true, 300 citations, um, and uh, it's meticulous. But we outline what's going on. Uh, We believe a biopharmaceutical complex is formed. It's like a syndicate. And at the top of the syndicate, it actually is the World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, the Wellcome Trust, Rockefeller Foundation, Gates Foundation, Gates and WEF formed, CEPI, the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness and Innovation, Uh, and they're working in a coordinated fashion with Unitaid, Uh, the pharmaceutical companies, all the regulatory agencies. We're talking about some of the most powerful economically uh, uh, fortified entities in the world working together all for one goal, and that is mass vaccination. And so they're going to do anything they can to squash anything that could potentially interfere with the plans for worldwide mass vaccination
0: man you're a savage doctor <laughs> oh my
1: god this is, this is bars right now man it's telling the truth like it, it, it is and see this is why you know people used to ask me when i came out of grad school they're like are you going to work in pharmaceuticals so like no because all of the practices that they use to push their drugs in my opinion is unethical especially when you look at the kickbacks that these doctors get for prescribing certain drugs especially when they don't need them and so it's like all of it is to push money and all of it is to push their agenda and ultimately line their wallets and it comes at the health and the cost of the people. And especially because a lot of people are not scientifically literate enough to challenge what's going on. Like a lot of people have been in, in hospital rooms and things like that and they, or they have been you know, at the pharmacy, they're talking to their doctor and the doctor's going through the symptoms. They're just like, here, take this, take this, take this. And then they're on their way but nobody has the education, nobody has the scientific literacy on average to be able to question what's actually going on. And then when you do have that that scientific literacy to question, sometimes people act like they're over you because they have more education, when that's not how we're supposed to help people. We're supposed to help people understand what's going on so they can treat themselves and get well. That's the, That should be what is at the forefront of all healthcare, all All treatment modalities that we use to try to help people, all of us should be focused on getting the person well, not with making the pharmaceutical companies rich.
0: So, how do we do that? You know, especially for somebody who's been scarred, right? You said they have this scar. Is there any way to repair this? What what do
3: we do with that? You know, years ago, there was a paper by Bruckman and colleagues from Germany suggesting these small scars, the heart can actually heal them. That they can remodel. And I I thought the Bruckman paper was uh, very encouraging. It was done with serial MRIs. So in my practice now, I have dozens and dozens of people with myocarditis. I'm seeing it every day in my practice from the vaccines. And I think some of the smaller areas can actually heal the larger areas. I'm really worried about uh, Jenna Schauer in the journal of pediatrics has published two papers showing huge areas. So let me give you an example anything more than 15% of the left ventricular mass would be considered a big scar. And she's reporting studies, you know, 29% of the, of the left ventricle uh, scarred and damaged after vaccines in kids. Um, and it's not completely uh, going away. It's going down a little bit at four months. And then recently a paper from Yale University looked at MRI scans about a year later and only twenty percent of them cleaned up and, and resolved. Eighty percent were still stuck with some abnormality. That's the most recent data we have published from Yale University. It's so on my Substack, uh, Courageous Discourse Substack. You can find it quickly. And I provide a graphical abstract with the citation, the National Library of Medicine
0: citation. So what what if what if let's 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 walk through the scenario, right? I've gotten into the place, you know, they didn't they didn't stab me up and shit, and. I sit at home on my ass normally, like I'm just the type of person that sits home on my ass. I'm probably, you know, low risk to have any sort of scarring because I just chilled out until this thing. Or is it if I do start exerting myself, this this spike protein and this hardening nucleoid, you know, begins to, 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 to scar. Well, what we know there is
3: it depends on what batch your vaccine came from. Oh, and a makes Yeah, a key paper. Listen, the vaccines come out in batches where there's a whole bunch of vials in each batch. They, they get put out on cartons and boxes and they get sent out. It turns out a paper by Schmeling and colleagues from Denmark, a key study, they had all the Pfizer vaccine data. They found there were three groups of batches. One group, there's they get a shot and nothing happens nothing, zero, it's like getting a shot of nothing. And uh, that's about a third of people. Another two thirds, they have some moderate symptoms, but nothing serious. And then a third batch, which is only 4.2% of the batches. That's where all the side effects are myocarditis, death, blood clots, 4.2%. So it really depends on what batch you get. And, And nowadays you can actually look up, if you got your vaccine card, you can look it up online. Look up uh, mybadbatch.com or hotlots.com. There's all the these websites out there. You can see if you got a bad batch. Hopefully you didn't. But if you got a, uh, if you've taken a vaccine and you have um, uh, symptoms of any type, you know, feel fatigued or uh, you know, lost weight. There's a whole bunch of symptoms. Now uh, we are suggesting some natural approaches to try to deal with this. Now this is ahead of large randomized trials, which are not even planned. W- those would take many years uh, to come to fruition but the na- natural approach would be something to dissolve the spike protein and what's been shown in preclinical models is matokinase, kinase, n-a-t-t-o-k-i-n-a-s-e this is a natural uh, uh, fermentation derivative from the breakdown of soybeans Japanese discovered they've been using it as a, as an herbal supplement for a thousand years now for general health Uh, The Japanese use it for cardiovascular health and it's actually a mild blood thinner. But in three studies now, it clearly dissolves the spike protein, which is continually being produced by the vaccine. So it looks, uh, looks quite desirable as a therapeutic. Now, if there's a soy allergy, you can't take it and it is a blood thinner. So there's bleeding, that's a caveat. Another natural enzyme that breaks down the spike protein is called bromelain. And that's derived from the stem of pineapples. You can get that as a supplement as well. Uh, and then there's two more two more things that natural things that are useful. One is called curcumin, derived from turmeric, and the other is N-acetylcysteine, which is a natural antioxidant. So kind of four naturopathic approaches. And, and then I'm a medical doctor, you know, I prescribe medicines. If someone has myocarditis, I use the combination of prescription prednisone and colchicine. If they have heart failure with that, I add additional drugs. If they have blood clots, I have to prescribe prescription blood thinners. Uh, If they have um, other problems with inflammation, I have to use other drugs. So it's a combination of natural things and then prescriptions depending on what the patient has.
1: So to kind of piggyback off of that, um, Dr. Philip brought up two uh, proteases, so there are two other proteases that a lot of people can use too, if you like, you have pineapple allergy or something like that, so papain, Pepain is also found in uh, papayas, it's also a protease, and uh, seropeptase, seropeptase is one that a lot of people have been taking, um, seropeptase comes from bacteria, it comes from uh, bacteria serratia, so it's just a, it's a protease that it uses to kind of clear out its surroundings and it's really good at chopping up some of that stuff. And it's interesting too because, so remember we did the show, um, I think it was about three or four months ago, where we were talking, no, when we did it last year, we were talking about fibroids and we were talking about the fibroids that people were getting. and I was telling you that, you know, the spike protein itself was constitutively activating fibrinogen. And so that's where all of these long fibrous clots were coming from. That's why I was saying if you're using a protease, the protease is what comes in and actually chops all that stuff up. So, like he was saying, the bromelain, the nanokinase, the serifheptase, papain, all of these kinds of proteases will come in and actually start cleaving and start eating the um, the fibrous material up. And that's that's those are two other natural treatment modalities, too. Mmm. Mmm. Very interesting.
0: Yeah, let him-
3: let me just add to that. There are some emerging data with Papine. Uh, I haven't yet seen any with uh, serrapeptase. There's actually a third one that's a collection of enzymes. It's called Mumbra case. And it's actually, believe it or not, derived from worms, where there's a, a collection of enzymes. It's available as a capsule. But one of the places your listeners can go to take a look at these is called The Wellness Company. So if you go to twc.health.com, I help advise the company on this uh, and so they have a spike support uh, formula they're going to introduce a pediatric formula by the way that's going to feature papain so uh, I would look for future developments in this area again we need large uh, prospective randomized trials I checked clinicaltrials.gov today preparing for this interview and there's there's actually not a single clinical trial registered with uh, natokinase as an example but yet people are using it worldwide so we we may have a situation where we never really do have the trials. We'll just develop a clinical experience. My clinical experience here is with natokinase. It takes about two months. But if people have numbness or tingling, other problems, it takes about two months in the natokinase, and their symptoms seem to clear up. But that's just my clinical observation. Uh, you, are you familiar with Spider-Man?
0: <laughs> you know, the symbiote? <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's that called? What's that dude named Venom? Yeah, yo, that look like the stuff that's coming out of people. <laughs> they go, they go see one of these pharmaceutical companies, and they come out like venom. <laughs> Did you ever see that in the blood? Like I saw some documentary with the coroners. They said they keep taking out this thick substance in the blood.
3: Well, let me just address that again. I'll cite the scientific data. You know, there's a paper from the USFDA, sing Silver Spring, Maryland, a, a peer-reviewed scientific paper. The first author is Wu W-O-O. And Wu described thousands of blood clots with the vaccine, long ones, huge ones, going from the ankle to the hip. Uh, I've never seen blood clots in the leg that big in my clinical practice before the vaccines. I have now, because people take the vaccines and they get them. But they describe that in patients who are alive, uh, discovered by ultrasound or or venous angiography. And then uh, uh, about 11% were fatal. And what the coroners are reporting medical examiners all over the, the world is that the blood is clotting uh abnormally after people die and, and they find huge rubbery blood clots and in the examination of the blood clots they find the spike protein the spike protein the spike protein folds and when proteins fold they they create what's called amyloid or amyloidogenic plaques amyloid means rubber and so if they're rubbery like plaques in pathology and amyloid tissue would be rubbery and that's what they're describing large rubbery plaques what i can tell you in my practice is that people take a vaccine and they have a blood clot a big one it's not dissolving with the traditional blood thinners and i've tried some patients i've tried for over a year and they're miserable with these blood clots well, let me tell you that covid itself can cause blood clots and it's my experience that people who take the vaccines and they get covid because the vaccines don't work people take them they get COVID anyway when they've had multiple exposures to the spike protein that's when the risks of, of blood clotting uh, are astronomical
0: mm. damn so if you got the thing and the and the medicine you double fucked. i'm sorry um, i'm sorry doctor i'm sorry doctor yeah maybe you may get banned
3: from youtube like this you know i i try never to cuss i went on joe rogan too uh, and uh, you know, at the time, I think I set all the records. I beat Elon Musk and and everybody um, uh, because it was I was bringing the news like this, the scientific data. But I told Joe, I'm just a doctor. I I try not to cuss. I don't smoke any dope or drink any alcohol. I showed up with a a suit and tie, and uh, I told him I don't even have any tattoos on me. I'm just a I'm just a you know, you know clean cut doctor. I just want to talk about the data. And boy, people went nuts when I went on Joe Rogan, Spotify, and Neil Young, and Prince Harry, and President Biden, and Press Secretary Jen Psaki. uh, Because Rogan has a big audience, and we were bringing people the truth.
0: And now you're an absolute legend. Everybody knows your name. The legacy of Dr. McCullough has been stamped. Oh, man. I, I think we covered a lot today. I think we covered everything that needs to be said. Uh, I hope people, you know, like I said before, talk to these senators and all of that. Start, let's start moving some of this paperwork along. We know what time it is. Come on, let's stop. Let's put this charade and let's cut this out. Let's cut it out. Everybody stop acting and pretending, okay? Let's put this this thing behind us, just like they did in 1976. That's what I. That's all I'm saying. Cause uh, it's getting real scary, especially when they start talking about it in the school system. Oh, don't get me started. I didn't even want to ask you about that because I, I I get I get I get nauseous when you talk about this stuff with adults. So like with kids, it's just really gonna make me wheezy. Um, but you know, the fact that they want to make some of this stuff mandated in school systems is very scary. You know. Very, very, very scary, very scary, man. But I appreciate your information. Uh, Tanai, is there anything that we missed? Is there anything that you felt like we should have covered? Is there anything we need to double down on? I know there's something in there, you know, because you got the science eye. I don't have that eye. You're, you're Tanai, the science guy. <laughs>
1: No, wow, man. Uh, no, Peter Peter's knocking out in part. I mean, all the things we talked about, is there's things that we talked about since what, twenty twenty? Um, the the clotting, the, the risk for um for for heart episodes. Like we talked about all this stuff extensively on the show. Like we say, a hotel's been totally so you know, it's just it's just people people just gotta have the courage to to come out and say these things and people really have to have the courage and the conviction to say, you know this is not about, you know, me keeping my job, or this is not about, you know, going along to get along. Because I think that that's what I saw a lot of with a lot of my colleagues is that when, when you're a scientist or when you're a doctor, it's interesting that we tend to think that our work is good, and we don't really fact check a lot. was like, okay, we just take, you have the same training I do, you've gone through the same things I have. So I'm gonna trust you based on the strength that I know what you've gone through and I know the kind of knowledge that you have. But what people also have to understand too is that when money gets in the mix, a lot of people will throw their morals away for that. And some people are genuinely trying to do the right thing. Uh, I don't think that everybody that pushed the vaccine is a quote-unquote bad person. I think that some of them thought that they were doing the right thing th- based on the available research. And now you start to see some of those people walk that back. They're like, hey, I was wrong based on what was going on. I apologize. You know, I'm going to try to do what I can to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And those are people that we should applaud. Now, we don't have to forget that they were wrong, But we should say, hey, you know, they are trying to do the right thing, but the other people, there's a lot of people out here that are profiting off of this. There are a lot of people out here that are profiting off of other people's suffering. And they're they're continuing to do that to this day. And they're continuing to fudge data, continuing to make it seem like the vaccines are safe. And we know that that's not true at this point. And the the frightening part is that the propaganda has brainwashed so many people that we've now gotten to a point where it's, COVID is a new religion. Like, just like everybody says you can't go on a bar and talk about religion and policies, you can't go on a bar and talk about COVID because now you have all these people that have been disenfranchised in different ways because of being forced to take the vaccine or feeling like they were forced to take the vaccine. So, we as professionals, we as academics, we as doctors, we have to be the front line between the pharmaceutical companies and the people and we have to tell the truth when it's available and when we know that something's wrong, we have to speak up because we got into these professions to in order to help people. We didn't get into these professions to line our own pockets. We didn't get into these professions to be driven by ego. We got here because we were here to serve everybody else. And when we don't lose sight of that vision, then we can do great things. But when we do lose sight of that vision, then you get what you've got for the past three years.
0: I want to ask both of you guys one last question. What were workers supposed to do, people that were mandated by their job? Is there, were there any legal ramifications involved here? There's lawsuits going on all over the country,
3: and I don't see any of them making any headway. The only thing the workers should have done is really stuck together and just declined them altogether. And it would have been similar to a strike. You know, it would have shut down the airports or shut down restaurants for a day or two. Uh, that, that would have ended it. But what happened is people took the vaccine against their will. Then they started getting blood clots and heart damage. And the whole thing just got worse and worse and worse. So this really has to do with people sticking up for their own medical freedom.
1: Tonight the big thing that and like you touched on it earlier with the the medical exemption. so i know when i, I was still doing my postdoc here when um, we were possibly under the the covid mandate it ended up getting lifted within like a month of it being announced but i was 100 going for a medical or um a religious exemption because i'm like i'm not going to take something that is experimental for one thing like i'm sorry i've seen the history especially when it comes to black people specifically in the country you look at stuff like the Tuskegee experience I'm like nah I'm not going for that I'm good (laughs) and like just even beyond that knowing basic microbiology I'm like bro the stuff they're saying on tv just doesn't make sense this isn't how viruses work like so you mean to tell me that this virus is causing this eight like these vaccinated people are causing asymptomatic spread and now, when the, when all of the videos first started coughing, uh, coming out, you saw all these people at airports coughing and falling out, and like now you barely see stuff like that. So it's like, I know mean, from early just knowing like the history of pharmaceuticals that how it's been, and how we've been treated in this country when it comes to medicine, I was like, no, I'm not really going for that. So I quickly was like, all right, I'm going to get a medical extension, like period. Thank God I didn't have to get one, but that's why they tried to get rid of that because they knew that that was one of the few legal avenues that you had where you couldn't be discriminated against, you couldn't lose your job because of a medical, or because of a religious exemption, I think I not say that, but because of a religious exemption. So that's one of those civil rights that people really gotta lock into it. Like you cannot let that fall by the wayside. It's one of the biggest things that's protecting you now. And again, people have to organize. Like you said earlier with the paperwork, people gotta organize, people gotta to band together. Now you're seeing all these people get these huge settlements because they were being fired for not wanting to take the the vaccine. They got fired initially, they held strong, and now they're able to sue these these, these companies because of them being discriminated against because of not wanting to take the vaccine. So unfortunately, everybody is not in that position and that's how a lot of government coercion works. They know that some people are in a position Financially, that they can't afford to not take it, and that to me is the worst part of it because now you're leveraging something that is almost an impossible choice for people. I know a lot of people that felt like, "Man, I I gotta take it because I gotta go to work, like I gotta take care of my family, I gotta do this, I gotta do that." So they put you in an impossible situation. At that point, I just tell them like, "Look, man, you did what you could. You did what you had to do for the situation." You worrying about it now is only going to make it worse. The only thing you can do now is move forward, use some of the railways that are out there, and just take care of yourself. That's all you can do. You sit here worrying about it, it's going to make it worse. But on a legislative level, people got to make sure that, like you said, they got their paperwork and that people actually organize behind this to make sure it's not happening again.
0: Man, when they started coming out and told that mandate stuff, I was looking around like, is this a church around here somewhere? I could <laughs> <remember that?"> <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I'm trying to get my paperwork in order, man. (laughs) It's ugly out here. Dr. Peter McCullough, listen, I know you got lives to save and all that. I don't want to keep you long. I just want to get the 411 from the legend himself. I feel like I got the information I need. I'm glad you touched on all the points we touched on. Uh, What does the rest of your day look like today? If you don't mind. I'm
3: going
0: to be on TV here in about seven minutes and then... Later
3: on, I'm doing a live stage, stage presentation uh, west of Fort Worth. That would be a usual day. I was in the office all day yesterday with patients. Listen, to follow me, go to my website, PeterMcCulloughMD.com, that'll take you everywhere. I got the top doctor account on Twitter, P underscore MD. My podcast, America Out Loud Talk Radio, McCullough Report, cannot be censored. Two o'clock Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, America Out Loud Talk Radio. My book, Courage to Face COVID-19, five-star bestseller on Amazon. You got to get a copy of it. And I'm starting a new TV show in Dallas. It'll be on all the networks on AFN Network called The Second Opinion. I'm doing everything I can to try to help people get through this difficult time. And uh, we have more work together. But I've been I've been truly honored by being on the show with both of you. Thank you. Thank
0: you so much. And God bless you. Hey, salute, man. Appreciate you, bro. Bye-bye. He said, I'm about to be on TV in about seven minutes. The doc got things to do. The man's day is infinitely busy. Doc said he got things to do. Oh, man. Tonight. thank you. That was. It was rough in some parts, man. Some parts he gets rough for me. I start talking about the blood and this and that and the inflammation and the explosions and the scalp got to come off and all of this shit
1: yeah man that was wild like we were talking about the skull surgery man but you know that's the, that's the reality that some people are living with man so you know there's a lot of side effects and up stuff. one thing that um you did touch on during the past that was interesting uh i was trying to find the citation for it before i say anything about it but we talked about this on the show uh we were talking about the, um the uh the fibrinogen. we're talking about the the fibrous clots and we're talking about how the lipid nanoparticle formulation is what really kind of puts the rovers to the road because remember he was talking about the different batches and how the batches, like some people would get a batch and they wouldn't have any effects. Some would have mild side effects and then there was one batch where all the side effects were coming from. I honestly think that the one that had the most side effects was the one that had the best encapsulation because it makes the most sense, right? And if your formulation is bad, it's not gonna get to where it's gonna go, it's gonna degrade, all of that stuff. The second one probably had like half or so of the formulation actually right, but then the third one was the one that had the formulation correct, all of your mRNA was inside the lipid nanoparticle, and because it was, it was efficiently um, formulated, that was why you were seeing all the side effects. So there's a couple papers out that speculated early that the lipid nanoparticle encapsulation is what actually is making the, the mRNA more potent. So um and you know, lymphanano live live particles that that's that's a delivery vehicle for a lot of drugs that's out there right now. So that's something that people have to keep a watch on. Mm-hmm. You
0: know.